0: Them some good old songs, aren't they? Oh, I want to see Him look upon His face. There to sing forever, forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. That's good. That's good, I'll tell you what, but don't get you a little bit excited. You better pray, right? Amen. You know, we find in the chapter of, uh, in the third chapter of John, the first here of many teaching discourses that are recorded by John. Now, if you'll notice, typically, you know, we're going through the book of John. So, typically, upon uh, being asked a question, often, oftentimes, as a matter of fact, more times than not, Jesus doesn't answer that question directly, but He he, he answers it more broadly, and then He brings it in more directly. Uh, Jesus answers in a way that steers discussion into a much, much deeper meaning than the questions that are often asked to Him. And often people will misunderstand. And there was a man in the Bible by the name of Nicodemus that faced this very... Uh, situation. We've all found ourselves being corrected by the Word of God. I hope the Word of God corrects you every time that you read it. You can't just go along there and and it not corrects you at all. I hope it corrects you. Uh, But Nicodemus is no different than you and I uh, are. He was corrected when the Lord Jesus uh, spoke to him. If you would stand with me and we'll read about 10 verses here in chapter 3 of of, uh, uh, the book of John. The word says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He's a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born again when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you a teacher of Israel? And do not understand these things. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father we thank you for your word we thank you lord for for the holy spirit that leads us and guides us as we open your word and we seek the truth lord we seek the truth tonight lord we seek you to reveal your 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 meaning and your intentions tonight lord as we as we go into your word father we pray that that you'll just anoint every word that is said lord may every word that is spoken be uh, the truth tonight lord and and stop us, Lord, from speaking anything that is untruthful. Lord, we pray tonight that we stand in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us and direct us. Give us um, a mind to, to, uh, to understand and give us a heart to love what we hear. Give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see, Lord, that, that we may see your marvelous, marvelous plan, the marvelous works that you have for your church in this present day that we live in. Father, we pray tonight, most of all, anyone that don't know you as Lord and Savior, Lord, may uh, you uh, become real to them, Lord. May they realize and know that they must be born again in order to ever see the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you tonight for your love and for your mercy and your grace, Lord. We're so unworthy of it, but Lord, you're you are you're just that kind of God. Your you're, uh, you're, Your love is is unimaginable, and we just praise you for that, Lord. We give you praise tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated if you like. The first verse, let's look at that again, says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a man of the Pharisees. He was also a ruler of the Jews. And in the time of our Lord... Uh, the Pharisees they were they were the largest and the most prominent uh, religious political party in Judaism during uh, the uh, New Testament time. The Pharisees they were well read they were educated people. These were people who were not just uh, they didn't just just pick up the word every once in a while but these were people who were well studied in the Word of God in the Old Testament the pharisees they were extremely accurate in all matters in all matters pertaining to the law of moses they were very strict to adhere to the word and that's who nicodemus is he is a pharisee but they foolishly ascribed christ's miracles to satan's power matthew 9:34 for example but the Pharisees were saying, he casts out the demons by the ruler of demons. What an accusation to make against the Son of God. Matthew 12, 24 says, This man cast out demons only by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Sounds like blasphemy, doesn't it? The Pharisees, they rejected God's purpose for themselves, refusing the baptism of John the Baptist. They wanted to see signs. They wanted to see wonders. They wanted to see miracles. If only you'll show us these signs and miracles, then we'll believe. Jesus called them an evil and adulterous generation. He called them fools. And He called them blind guides. He called them serpents. And he called them a generation of vipers. So man, they were were corrected. And Jesus said to them in Matthew 23, 27, He says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and are all uncleanness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are f- full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. That's a great rebuke by the Lord Jesus Christ. So with the stern warning, Jesus told His disciples, and He declares to the world today in Matthew 5.20, For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and of the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of Of heaven. It's in there. We can't ignore it. We can't work our way around it. We can't skew the truth and get around what the Word of God says. Unless your righteousness exceeds or surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. The Pharisees' doctrine, it was hypocritical, and uh, they were self-righteous. They were zealous for the Mosaic law, but it was their very zeal for the law that caused, uh, that caused, that caused Moses to have problems himself. To become ritualized and external. The Pharisees, they had become ritualized and external. And they neglected, they neglected the weightier provisions of the law, such as as justice and mercy and faithfulness. And their hearts were unchanged. These were men who had an outward appearance of godliness, but their hearts were dark and cold and stony and uncircumcised. But Nicodemus, he was a ruler of the Jews. He wasn't some run-of-the-mill Pharisee either, but a member of the elite Sanhedrin. He was a member of of the governing council of Israel. Therefore, he was under the authority of the Romans. What I'm trying to say tonight is Nicodemus was supposed to be very wise. He was a teacher of the law of Moses. Verse 2 says, This man came to Jesus by night. This man is Nicodemus. And he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Nicodemus perhaps came to Jesus in the night in order to be undetected. It really doesn't say in the scriptures why he came to Jesus by night. But we can speculate that he came by night because he didn't want to be detected. He didn't want it to uh, to be known that he was coming to Jesus. It was undeniably the power of God manifested in the divine miracles that Jesus performed. Only someone from God could do such signs and miracles and wonders and spectacular things and speak with such authority and speak with such wisdom. Could only be from God. And that's what Jesus... Was doing. Nicodemus had had grown up being educated in the law. And comes along this, this man from Galilee. His name is Jesus. He had never had any seminary. He never had any college. He never sat at the foot of a philosopher or at the foot of a prophet. And they knew it. Coupled with the testimony of John the Baptist, Nicodemus had to consider that perhaps this Jesus could possibly be the long-awaited Messiah. Nicodemus says to him, We know that you've come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus, like many others, were amazed by the divine works of Jesus. You know, if Jesus could come to this world today and perform many miracles, there would be a lot of bandwagoners that would jump on. They would jump on board. But it wouldn't be very long till they saw the strict way of living. It wouldn't be very long till they saw all the filth that they had to give up. That they would turn away from Jesus. That they would deny Him. That they would look for a way to put Him away. To get Him out of the way. He's taken all the fun out of life. We want our best life now. We don't want it later when we get into heaven. We want it now. Do away with Him. Jesus knew that their faith was superficial. Because they had saw miracles... Some believed to a degree, to a point. Because they only believed in the evidence of His miracles. And Jesus knew the heart of Nicodemus. He was a religious man. And He probably thought that He had achieved a great deal of understanding. He probably thought that He had arrived to a place where uh, people should look up to Him in matters of religion. But Jesus' response must have, shooken, must have shaken this man up to a great degree. Look at this, John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If we look closer at this verse, the Greek's word for again is anathen. This word anethon it means from above. Therefore, this passage can be rendered tonight Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, obviously, this is a play on words. Jesus is not talking about the natural birth of mankind here. But Jesus is talking about the the, uh, the vitally important truth that no matter how religiously active someone might be, No one can enter the kingdom without experiencing the personal regeneration of the new birth. No one. Nicodemus was a teacher himself and he spent years faithfully studying, as I said, the Old Testament Scripture. And he faithfully lived according to the Mosaic law. He had it all worked out, he thought. Now Jesus called him to forsake all of that and start over. He told him to start over and to abandon the entire system of works righteousness in which he had placed his hope to realize that human effort was powerless to save. If you could lose your salvation, you would lose your salvation tonight. I guarantee you, every one of us would lose our salvation in the next two minutes if we could lose it but it's by the power and the grace and the mercy of God that any man is saved. So stunned by what Jesus said, look at what Nicodemus says in verse 4. He says, how can a man be born when he's old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? In other words, look at how old I am. Look at me. How am I to cancel everything that I've learned? How am I to go back and do away with what I've, what I've been taught? Everything that I myself have taught and go back to the beginning and start all over again. Again, Nicodemus is thinking in terms of work, of a work-based system, a system of human capabilities. He was thinking in terms of, in terms of human efforts. But here Jesus was asking for something that was humanly impossible. And that, my friend, tonight is the point. Jesus was asking for something that was completely impossible for human beings to do. In one of the most glorious passages in all of Scripture describing Israel's restoration to the Lord by the new covenant, God said through Ezekiel, look at this, close, this is good. Ezekiel 36, 24 Ezekiel 36, 24, he says, For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Now, I want you to notice how, just in these first couple of verses, all of the eyes that 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 God is speaking about. He says, I will take you from the nations and gather you from the land and bring you into your own land. Then I will will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. I'm glad that He is the one making the change for me. I'm glad that He is the one that's carrying us, church. To the very end, don't think you're going to fail. Don't think that you're going to lose. Don't think you're going to be left out. There's a God in heaven that has got His eye upon you. He's got His hand upon you. And He's carrying you this very moment when you feel like giving up. When you feel like there's no sense of trying to go on. There's one who continues to carry you. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you but I'll go with you even to the end. I, I, I. It's all about the great I am, is it not? Amen. You see, God had a plan. God had a plan to to cleanse His own people and to put His Spirit within them. And Nicodemus would have been well aware of this Old Testament prophecy of regeneration. Knowing this, Jesus answered him here in verse 5. Look at this. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You see, without the Spirit washing the the soul, a cleansing, accomplished only comes by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. If you want to be cleansed, it will take the Holy Spirit to do that. It will take the Holy Spirit through the Word of God and no one... Can enter God's kingdom unless that occurs. The regeneration. If you were born again, having had your name written in the Lamb Book of Life from the beginning, you can rest assured tonight that God did it. I don't have a problem with that, do you? I don't have one problem believing that God is the doer, that He is the leader, and I'm the follower. I have no problem looking at Him as the great I am, as the teacher, as and me the student. I am the one that follows. He is the leader. He's the shepherd. And we follow. When He speaks, His sheep hear His voice. You see the pattern here? There's a pattern. He is leading you and I through this old wilderness that we're in tonight. And thank God He is. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Out of human nature comes human nature. Do you know that? There's not any good that comes out of human nature, but more human nature. We could start all over with mankind and, and, and start having children again, and it would be a mess. Human nature begets human nature. Regeneration is more than turning over a new leaf. The regeneration is the work of the Holy Spirit upon those who are otherwise spiritually dead. Thank you. Spiritually dead. The regenerate people are new creations. Brand new creations when you're a regenerate people. And that God plants... Oh, listen to this. God plants the desire in your heart when it's time to come to Jesus Christ it's God that plants that in your heart. He does it Himself. He plants it in the human heart that otherwise that desire would never be there. Is that the truth? It's the truth, isn't it? it would never be there. Regeneration comes before faith. Do you hear me? Regeneration comes before faith. There's a regeneration that takes place before faith can take place. You can't just believe in any old thing in the depths of your heart. It takes someone else to regenerate you and I. Regeneration doesn't come as a result of faith. We don't choose or we don't decide to be regenerated. It's God who does the choosing. God chooses to regenerate us before we will ever choose to embrace Him. You would never, ever, ever have a desire for God. You would never be here sitting in this seat tonight if it wasn't for God tapping you at your heart and regenerating you and giving you a love and a desire for Him to embrace Him and let go of this world and hold on to Him with all your heart, soul, and might and strength. It's God that does that. And that's wonderful news. For those that we know that are lost and out in sin, we know in due season that God will do what He says He's going to do. God quickens us to a spiritual life, rescuing us from darkness and bondage and and, and spiritual death. God, that does it. I'm glad to be in His care tonight, aren't you? I'm glad to stand and breathe and, and the, and the, and the air going through my nostrils and the blood rushing through my veins is not me, but it's God that gives us life and breath and He gives us strength to go on every day. He sustains us. This was difficult for Nicodemus to come to terms with, just as it is for many in the world today. To come to terms with. Beloved, your love and devotion to God is not undermined here. When we say it's a work of God, it's not an undermining of, of your love for God. Please understand that your genuine love from God, it came from God. It originated from God. It was given to you by God. And He began a good work in you. And the Bible says that He will complete what He begins in you. That's good news. Sometimes I feel pretty puny. Sometimes I feel weak and insignificant. Sometimes I'm just like, how am I going to continue on? Well, you're not. God's going to do it for you. God's going to carry you, and He's going to tell you to get up, and what are you going to do? You're going to get up, and you're going to keep right on going. You're going to keep right on believing. Even when your whole world is falling apart, He's going to carry you on anyway. When you can't go any farther, you're going to go farther because you have a God has a plan the regenerator the one that gave you the faith the one that gave you the love and desire for him he's going to he 's going to maintain you through this life this doctrine it ran completely contrary to everything that Nicodemus knew his whole life he had believed that salvation came to those who deserved it or salvation came to those who earned it Salvation came to those who put their time in. But Nicodemus must have had a bewildered look on his face because Jesus continued by saying here in verse 7, look at this, he says, Do not be amazed or do not marvel or do not be be wondering that I said to you, you must be born again. Listen, Nicodemus. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it. But you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. You're born again. You can't explain it. You can't grasp it. You can't put your arm around it. You can't contain it. You can't can't figure it out. But God had your name recorded in the Lamb's book of life from the beginning. Your steps are ordered. You're walking through this life just like He knew you would. We know that mankind has absolutely no control of the wind, don't we? We can't stop the wind. We can't capture the wind. We can't contain the wind. We can't... We can't. Um, It can't blow from one direction and another and and we can't stop it or prevent it from going one place or the other. Man has no power over the forces of nature. We can't stop the wind. We can only observe the effects of the wind. Think about that for just a moment. We can only observe the effects of the wind. We can only observe The effects of the Spirit of God. We can see the effects of the Spirit of God. We can't predict. If it's not written in the Bible, we can't predict what the Spirit of God is going to do. We can hear the sound of the wind. We can feel it. But nevertheless, we have no control over it. We need to accept that, don't we? We need to accept that we don't have control over. Of anyone else's salvation. We don't have control of a world that is is rampant. With sin and violence. And evil on every corner. You have no control. Pray for them. That's all you can do. And be a light wherever you go. But the work of the Holy Spirit. Here is illustrated. To be like the wind in nature. And God's sovereign work of regeneration in the human heart it cannot be controlled nor predicted. Let me say that again, that God's sovereign work of regeneration in the human heart cannot be controlled and it can't be predicted. Now this passage emphasizes the priority and the sovereignty of God at work in the work of salvation. It doesn't exclude the reality and the necessity of human response in repentance and faith, but it shows that those... Who respond that you will see the fruit of the Spirit work and not the means by which we are that we are regenerated? Again, the regeneration precedes faith, but they'll bear fruit when they believe. When we believe, we'll bear fruit. We can't help it. An apple tree can't help but bear apples. It can't help it, as it's an apple tree. And so it is with the believer. You can't help but let your light so shine before men that they see Jesus Christ living in you if you're born again. Verse 9, Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? How can these things be? Despite him knowing the Old Testament well, he knew the Old Testament extremely well. The Old Testament is absolutely full of prophecies Pointing to the new covenant. Despite Jesus' teaching, Nicodemus still, still couldn't, couldn't come to terms. He couldn't come to accept what was being said to him. The, the, the legalistic religious system had been so drilled into his reasoning. He could not let it go. And realize, and realize that salvation is a sovereign work of the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 10, and this is my last verse. Jesus answered and said to him, This must have hurt. This must have hurt. This must have made Nicodemus feel about an inch tall or less. He says, Are you a teacher of Israel? And do not understand. These things. As I said, Nicodemus, he was a teacher himself. He was very religious and he was still spiritually blind. He came. He had come to Jesus by night. But there was a great darkness in Nicodemus' soul. There was a darkness in his soul that he could not see. Nicodemus, of course, was not alone in this shortcoming. Jesus accused other Pharisees in the same way of being people who claimed to see but they were in fact blind. I'm afraid that we have much of that in our nation of churches today. Many that profess to know Jesus Christ, but in their life, they deny Him. In their walk, they deny Him. In their beliefs, they deny Him. If we love the world, the love of God is not in us. That's Bible. Yet they love the world. Not all, but many. That's the reason that we need to pray. Oh God, open the eyes of those who are blind. Lord, open their eyes that the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, that it might shine unto them. It takes more. It takes more than preaching to get somebody saved. Did you know that? Preaching... Alone doesn't get people saved. Reading the scriptures alone doesn't get people saved. Witnessing to someone alone doesn't get people saved. Being a good Samaritan doesn't get people saved. Handing out food doesn't get people saved. Handing out clothing and going out and doing good deeds, that doesn't get people saved. What gets people saved is the regeneration of the Holy Spirit of God. And without that, without that, no man can be born again. And without being born again, no man shall see the kingdom of God. Stand with me if you will tonight. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray tonight that your church will be absolutely filled with your Spirit. Lord, we know that the Spirit indwells us, but, Lord, we ask to be filled. Cover us, Lord. Give us clear minds that we might clearly understand. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. And, Lord, make us good stewards of your Word. Lord, help us to be light to the world that is darkened and growing darker by the moment around us. Lord, we pray for our nation, for our leaders, The blind is often leading the blind. Many are are following false teachers. Many are listening to to con artists who are trying to take money from them. But Lord, we pray that as your church that we'll be bold and strong in the word of God and that we'll we'll tell folks the truth and point them to the scriptures. Only the scriptures should we trust. There's no other voices we need to listen to other than the voice of, the Word of God. Lord, we just praise you tonight. Lord, we praise you for our church. Lord, we pray for, for our families. There are many lost loved ones that we have, Lord, that needs, that need to be saved. We pray, Lord, for your, re, your regeneration upon them and that you convict their hearts, Lord, and that they'll come to you in faith, believing in you and trusting in you and surrender their life to you, repenting of their sins, that they too may partake into this wonderful kingdom of God that Jesus was telling Nicodemus about. Lord, we thank you for our church. We thank you, Lord, for all of the members and all of the workers here, Lord, and the efforts that's put in, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for our Sunday night uh, attendance, those that are faithfully come here. Lord, we just thank you that the church is still alive, and Lord, we want to grow in leaps and bounds for the right reason, Lord. It's because people love our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we praise you for all that you do and for all that you're doing. And we trust you in all things, in Jesus' name, amen.